MyWax Museum is a proud member of the Create Vine. Hey, before we get into today's show, I just wanted to pop in and mention that MyWax Museum is part of a whole network of shows produced at Mecco Radio. The network includes shows like She Has a Name Too, Broken Bulbs, The Old Goal of Truth, and more. We've got some incredible projects happening now, starting now, and upcoming. So tune in for those. We'll be talking about those more in the future as they come out. But for now, if you want to check out the other shows, you can do so at mechoradio.com. That's it. Just mechoradio.com. Go to mechoradio.com. That's Echo with an M in front of it. M-E-C-H-O radio.com. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by one of my favorite people, Sarah Muirhead. Now, in this conversation, we talk about a whole lot of things, including music education, her experience with mental health, and more of what she's looking forward to with the future. So buckle up, it's going to be an interesting conversation. And remember, after today's show, to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Sarah Muirhead, welcome to My Wax Museum. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) I feel like uh, someday I will have interviewed all of your family members. I'm at three plus an in-law, so I mean... You know, pretty pretty good, right? Um, I like to start off each episode with how we met. Do you remember like the first time we met, or do you have like a first memory of me, or just like a general idea? Um, I think my first memory of you. Um, I must have been well. <laughs> I must have met you before this, but I think I was about like 13 or 14. And I just remember you like coming over to our house with Jonathan and Spencer. You were just like shortly there and like you just come in. And of course you're, ha- you're just your happy, excited self. And like, you just give me the most like genuine, excited compliment. And I don't remember what it is, but I was just like, wow like nobody's ever (laughs) given me a compliment like that and I was just like I like this guy like he's cool (laughs) that's awesome I'm here for it I love I love that that's your first memory of me uh that like you can recall um it's always good because I've had some people on and they're like Ooh, my first memory of you was like you were weird or like I hated you or something. And I'm like, well, I'm glad we're friends now. So I'm glad that like we've been friends from the get-go. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I've known you and your family forever. So that's like yeah. that's how we know each other. It's awesome. Um, so with that, then I like to get into where are you from? I am from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So, yes, that's that's where I'm from. <laughs> born and yeah, raised. Yeah, born and raised. Born and raised here forever and ever. I have, yeah, I've lived Man. in the same house my entire life, so. That's crazy. And do you feel like, I don't know, because I feel like that's pretty abnormal, especially in Canada, to, like, be born and raised in 
the the same house. So was that? I don't know. Do you do you look at it and think, oh, it's really nice that we stayed in the same place, or do you feel like I wish we would have moved as a kid? What what are your thoughts? Overall, I I love it. I I mean, like my house means a lot to me because so many memories, like my entire life, like this place is just where it's all happened, basically. I mean, of course, I can't even count the number of times over my life that I wish that we would move. <laughs> like anytime um, at school, things were just like rough. I'd be like, oh, why can't I be like every other kid and have the experience of just moving to a new place? Like, I just want to start over somewhere. But overall, I am glad that I've lived in the same place my whole life. I mean, um, <laughs> I'm moving away in less than a month and that's really scary now because I mean, I've literally never been away from my house for longer than like three weeks and it's about to be a year and a half away. So I'm <laughs> a little nervous about that, but um, my house will be here when I get back, so. That's comforting. <laughs> <laughs> you hope so. Could you could you imagine mom and dad are like, uh, well, let's let's move while Sarah's away. Oh, <laughs> that would be so tragic. I mean, I'd get over it, but <laughs> I I don't want that to happen. <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't see it happening. Uh, so so growing up like in in your house um, with your family, I've interviewed two of your older brothers, and I know your family super, super well. So I guess I'm curious to hear more about like your personal experience growing up. Like how would you, looking back as 19-year-old Sarah, how would you describe like younger you, like maybe like a six-year-old Sarah? How would I describe a younger me? Uh, I would describe myself as very dramatic. I mean, I don't think that's changed a whole lot, but like, I think with six siblings, like I just felt a need to be dramatic, to be noticed by my parents. I mean, like my parents were non-neglectful by any means. Like I got plenty of attention and love. Um, but like, I feel like that was almost like, I felt like out of my siblings, I was the dramatic one. And that was like my identity as a six-year-old and um, yeah, as a young child. And like, I was the one crying at least once a day about something like constantly um, getting timeouts <laughs> for my behavior. Um, and like, it didn't take much from like my older brothers to just like set me off and they love teasing me. So. <laughs> I like, we, we laugh about that now. Like, how's that, how's that contrast in like the teasing, how you feel about it now and how you see it now versus how you saw it back then? How I see it now. Um, now that my three older brothers are, uh, living elsewhere and I mean I haven't seen two of them in a year now and I'm not going to see them for another year and a half um, like I'm honestly just grateful that they had 
any time for me, like back then when they were still living at home. And um, I know that our relationships are based on love. And so, and like, they just expressed their love for me in uh, whatever way that they, that they did. And it's fine with me. And I think I did enjoy it, like even back then, you know, cause they are quite a bit older than me and they were busy and with school and whatever. And so I think like, I did enjoy whatever time we had together at home. And, and so like growing up in a big family, you're talking about needing to, you know, fight for, for that attention to get, you know, the piece of the attention that you felt you deserved. But you also talked about in our questions beforehand about how your mom is your favorite person and how much you've come to understand her and appreciate her through the nannying job that you've had now and just kind of becoming a young adult. So I'm always curious about like people's journeys into becoming like the person that they are now and like especially when it comes from a place of a growth and understanding. So maybe that's a, a long way to, to lead into asking like what are some of the key things for you growing up that I guess made made Sarah like what what were the things that led to you now yeah I think that is such a good question and it's one that I ask myself almost daily and I'm always wanting to understand a little bit more about myself and about my past experiences and I think um one of the big things that's led me to where I am now is like I've been talking about the example of my, my, both my parents and my older brothers. And um, of course, my older sister has been a huge influence in my life as well. But uh, both of my parents served full-time missions and all three of my older brothers did as well. And <clears throat> uh, seeing their experiences and how it shaped them definitely played a huge part in my desire to go on a full-time mission. And something specifically uh, that definitely shaped my life a lot was two of my older brothers um, struggled with um, having poor mental health, especially on their missions and around the time of their missions. And <clears throat> right around the time that they were on missions was I was in junior high and I was starting to really get bogged down and feel, uh, feel the weight of um, not really taking care of my mental health at all and not kind of entering the stage of my life where I needed to take care of my mental health as a teenager. I think it's very important for everybody to be aware of their mental health. And so seeing my older brothers and how they dealt with it really influenced me. And um, 
I mean, I like my, I have a grandparent who dealt with depression. So I think it's definitely like a little bit hereditary and yeah. So I think that played a huge role in who I am today because I've had to learn how to overcome these thoughts of being so overwhelmed and feeling like I'm not good enough and seeing my older brothers overcome that um, uh, just gave me strength and knowledge that I could overcome it too, that I could deal with it and still uh, be successful in my life. And that's been a huge part of who I am. That's awesome um, to see like the way, the way that they were able to set an example for you as, you know, hey, you can make it through this, right? Uh, your older brothers are some of my best friends on, on the planet. And, um, and so that's really, I don't know, it's just, it's good to hear that that's something that was able to, to strengthen you in your own journey and in your own experience. Hey, future Alex here, just popping in for a little mid-roll ad for, you guessed it, Mecco Radio. Now, Mecco Radio is the little production house I have set up for everything that I do and everything that I love. So I do a lot of podcasting, if you haven't noticed. And if you're enjoying this conversation, you might enjoy some of the conversations we have on our other podcasts like Broken Bulbs, The Old Goal of Truth, or she has a name too. We have excellent conversations with excellent guests and excellent hosts. It's pretty excellent. Anyways, if you want to check out some of Mecco Radio's other podcasts, you can go to meccoradio.com and see everything we've got going on right there. Now, back to the show. This podcast is no stranger to talking about mental health. Uh, actually, last week's guest... Andrew was uh, actually touched on his own mental health as well. And I had Cindy Russell, who I, do you know Cindy? Uh, the name sounds familiar, but I'm not sure. Yeah, you, you may have like encountered her a couple times or something. But um, we had a great conversation over a year ago about, about mental health and the importance of taking care of it. And I always ask every time it comes up on the podcast, because everybody's experience is different with it, right? Nobody's depression is exactly the same. And nobody's anxiety is exactly the same. Uh, you know, anything else, right? And so for you personally, what what were the things that that really gave you that strength? What were the the tools, I guess, that you used that you might recommend somebody else use? Uh, if it works for them, um, in order to, you know, bolster your own mental health and in order to, you know, go about living a full, fulfilling, happy life? Um, yeah, that's an awesome question and one that I'm happy to answer and talk about. And um, <clears throat> I think one of the biggest breakthroughs in my journey, I guess I'll call it, is... Um, realizing how labels are useful and how they are not useful and 
like you said, nobody deals with what we call depression and anxiety in the same way. And realizing that was very important for me because I very quickly in as a young, like as early as like age 11 or 12 was like saying to myself that like I have depression and I think learning that label was detrimental to my mental health and that I think that came from my friends at school like I had one friend especially who was very depressed and I kind of just like took that and was like oh I feel sad I guess I'm depressed too and uh so later down the road a few well like a couple years I kind of just realized that I, what I'm experiencing is not what other people are experiencing. And um, I'm always, I always want to be clear that like, I was never actually diagnosed with any mental illness. Um, But I was able to talk to a doctor and also go to counseling and like uh, from those experiences, um, I came to like not refer to myself as having depression, having anxiety anymore, but just having poor mental health because everybody has a body and a mind. And so mental health is something that applies to every human being. It's not just some of us who are depressed and anxious. Like these are feelings that mm, I think pretty much every human being experiences. And what I, and so for some people it is to the extent of it being a disorder or an illness, Uh, but I think it wasn't for me. I had just labeled myself as having this mental illness when I actually didn't. And if I hadn't labeled myself Uh, with those words, um, I might have been able to deal with it quite a bit better. And so I think that these things are useful and that they help us to identify what we are feeling, but they become not useful because everybody experiences these things differently. And so The biggest thing in overcoming um, my personal feelings of depression and anxiety was definitely counseling. And um, I think literally everybody should go to counseling, like everybody, (laughs) Uh, because it is so useful to talk to a professional who has studied the mind and knows how to help you and um, yeah, I think everybody can benefit from that. And because nobody has perfect mental health, just like nobody has perfect physical health. Um, we can all ha- we can all use these tools to maintain our mental health. Uh, so I loved counseling. I tried medication, but that did not work for me. Um, 
it works for a lot of people. Well, I don't know about a lot. It works for people, but counseling was definitely the thing for me. So um, I would just tell people to keep looking for the solution, whatever it may be, because you will find the thing that helps you understand what you are dealing with. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think labels do have such an effect on on us, right? Especially if we take that label so personally as to be like, this is my existence now. Instead of, you know, it's like when people go from saying, oh, I have depression to saying I am depressed. Like that is who I am and identifying themselves as yeah as something that they're dealing with yeah and so yeah i think that's i think that's really great advice but moving on from that i'd like to talk about where you're at now so you mentioned that you're about to leave on a mission uh within the week for the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints by the time this airs you will be gone Uh, so you (laughs) you probably won't get to listen to it uh, until, until you're home. And then you can be like, Oh, Sarah, you know, year and a half ago, Sarah. So <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. I mean, you, as, as a, a member of this church, you go away for a year and a half. Tell me, I guess maybe like why you're doing it. And I guess what you're looking forward to about it. Um, all right. So why I'm doing it Uh, First and foremost is because of my Savior, Jesus Christ, and because I have a testimony that he is the Savior and that he is real, that he lives. And because I have a testimony of that, I feel a responsibility and a desire just to go and share that with whoever I can because I've seen his power in my life. And I know that all of Heavenly Father's children deserve to have that power in their lives. So that's the number one reason why I chose to serve a mission. And what was the second question? Sorry. Uh, the second question was, what, what are you excited for about it? Oh, yes. Um, I'm excited for um, a lot of things. And actually... <laughs> I was, well, what I'm excited about has changed a lot due to the pandemic, of course, because what my mission will look like has changed a lot. And before I was excited for a lot of the social experiences that I would have, you know, going to the Missionary Training Center in Provo and having that experience and having companions and districts and just meeting other missionaries and being friends with them. I was so excited for that because um, that was just something I looked forward to so much, having these like strong friendships come out of my mission. And of course, I think I will still have friendships come out of my mission. It's just um, not being able to spend time in person with people will definitely uh, change that. But um, I think now I'm most excited to just um, get out into the world. <laughs> I mean, like, like I talked about before, I've been living in the same place my entire life. And uh, 
I've, I've been graduated for a year and a half now from high school, but I've just been like working that entire time. And so I'm just excited to get out into the world and do something that I think will bring a lot of good to people's lives. I think that's awesome. I think you're going to have a, a great time even with the, the circumstances surrounding it. Um, then I'm curious, after, after your mission, I mean, then you have your whole life ahead of you. And I like to spend the last little bit of every podcast episode talking about that, talking about what your hopes and dreams are for the future. So what, like, what's Sarah's life going to look like when you get back and when you, like, I guess, start moving on with, with your life? I don't, I don't know if I exactly have the answer to that question, but um, what I hope my life will look like is, um, number one, furthering my education. Uh, I plan to go to university. I'm not exactly sure where, but I want to study music and just grow my knowledge about music and um, I hope to become a music teacher. And so that's a little bit of what I think my life will look like after the mission. And um, I read a book recently called The Road to Character. And in this book, the author talks about vocations. And he talks about um, instead of doing what you want with your life, doing what your life is calling you to do. And I really liked that. And I just want to do my best to always just do what I feel my life is calling me to do and fulfill my potential in that way. And so whether that be getting married and starting a family or pursuing a career or serving in whatever way in the church, you know, whatever my life calls me to do, I just hope that I will do it to the best of my ability. I think that's awesome. I think a lot of the time we, we look for, you know, what our, you know, our dream job or whatever, but I think so often, you know, and I think this ties in with our dream job, maybe even that we feel like a draw to something we feel for whatever reason there's something that we need to fulfill and and perform and so for you what is it about being a music teacher and maybe music in general that gives you that feeling that draws you into it so with music it well I think it all started with my mom I mean she uh, I grew up in a home where my mom was you know, playing the piano and singing. And my mom put us all in music lessons, well, piano lessons specifically. And my piano teacher, I really loved her. She um, let me have a lot of freedom in my lessons. Like I just chose whatever I wanted to do and learn, and then she would teach me it. And I, I think that was amazing because a lot of people hate piano lessons because they're just being forced to learn things that they don't like learning. And so uh, I was like, if I wanted to play jazz, 
I was playing jazz. If I wanted to play classical, that's what I was playing. So that really taught me to love music. And um, in high school, I was fortunate to have some more music teachers who were incredible and had a big influence on me. And that's when I started thinking about going into music as a career. And uh, around that time, my sister also chose to start her degree in music education. And <clears throat> so I just started thinking about it and I realized that it would be a good path for me. I felt like it was what my life was kind of calling me to do because music, I don't wanna say it comes easily, but the desire to be good at music does come easily to me. And um, I love being in a choir or a band and being, you know, a lot of people, it's sports for them. They love being on a team. And that for me, it's definitely being in a choir and just being part of something musical that's bigger than myself. And like, to me, there's just nothing like it. There's nothing like performing with, you know, like 50 to however many other people and just being a part of that unity of uh, performing and creating something together. It's just, I've never experienced anything like it and I just love it. I always want to be a part of something like that. So that's why I want to pursue music. I love that. Yeah. And I know I, I don't play any instruments, unfortunately, but uh, I do sing. We were in choir together. And yeah. <laughs> even though I can't say the bass section was great uh, <laughs> in that choir, and I can't say that I improved it in any way, it does have this very uh, satisfying and like gratifying, uh, you know, feeling of being in an assembly with other people with this one, you know, performance together, right? You are working as such a team and it is beautiful. And so I think that will be very cool for you passing that on, passing that experience of, you know, of, of that camaraderie, right? That unity to the next generation, to, to more people who can find a love and passion for, for music. So, the way I always end every episode is talking about the far, 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 far future, um, specifically the end of your life. So when you're at the end of your life, Sarah, when you're looking back at everything you've accomplished, everything you've seen and done, and you know up until now, the things you're doing now and the things you haven't done yet, when you're looking back on those things, what do you think are the things you're most proud of and satisfied with? I think when I am at that point in my life and I'm looking back, I think I will be most, well, I think, I hope I will be uh, satisfied that I've done my best to become everything that I have the potential to be in this life. And I've done my best to take every opportunity that I have and 
just magnify it and make the best of every situation. And um, I hope that I'll be able to say that I've really been able to choose to have joy no matter what situations I've been in in my life that I've always, I've never let myself just be, um, like I talked about earlier, just been in my own little pity party. Like, I hope that that won't be what I see when I look back on my life. That I, I hope that I will see myself um, choosing to rise above and um, overcome whatever challenges are, are put in my way. I love that. Well, Sarah, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. I enjoyed it. And thank you for listening, not just to this show, which we certainly do appreciate, but more to the people around you, the people in your life that you just happen to know. Take some time, just five minutes, to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco, 